This episode is brought to you by StandardAndStrange.com, the best denim, leather jacket, and boot shop on the planet. And right now, we, myself and Standard and Strange, are giving away a free leather jacket. Go to StandardAndStrange.com slash Delray and enter your email to enter this contest for a free Y2 leather. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss out on this. It's free and you've got nothing to lose. So just go to standardandstrange.com slash Delray, enter your email and get ready to win a badass leather jacket like you've seen me wear. There is no scams here. They're not going to sell your email or anything. They are just a couple friends of mine with a kick-ass shop and, uh, they want, they want to do something cool. So there you go. It is episode number 612 today. We have a comedian on. Yes, I am excited. I love this woman. She is fantastic and funny. Irene, too, is here today. Sitting down, talking comedy with me and uh, music and life. It's great to have a comedian on. It's very rare. And I love to have them on, especially when it's somebody out there working hard and grinding like myself. I want to uh, open some ears and eyes to uh, people I think that are really funny and working hard. So Irene too is here today. Check out her Instagram and see her out on the road. She's going to be recording her record in the Bay Area, I believe in San Francisco, November 10th. So be part of that. Hit up her Instagram and find out all about it. Also, this episode and all of my podcasts can be found on my podcast network, cactusradionetwork.com. At Home with Byron Katie, Dark Fonzie, The Grail, and Let There Be Talk are all on there for free. So visit it anytime. And if you want to see me out doing live shows, go to my website, deandelray.com, and hit the touring dates. Lots of stuff coming up. This Saturday, Los Gatos, I think there's... Maybe 10 tickets left, so do not sleep on that. I'm also coming up to Bend, Oregon, and Portland, Oregon, headlining. My buddy Shaylin McDonough will be uh, featuring, so get some tickets right away. And the following week, I will be in uh, Atlanta with Bill Burr. Just got back from some of the most epic shows I've ever got to uh, be part of including Red Rocks, which was uh, Friday night. Unbelievable. After 35 years of dreaming of playing that iconic venue, after seeing Sunday Bloody Sunday a million times on MTV with U2 out there, I wanted to play that venue my entire life, and it finally happened. And thank you, Mr. Bill Burr. Oh, my God, Bill I owe you big time. Bill crushed those rocks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, or people are still sore from laughing out there. Oh, my God. I'll be talking about Red Rocks and a bunch of other stuff on my Patreon later today. Patreon.com slash Dean Del Rey, where you can get all the Let There Be Talk bonus episodes. So join up. And hear all about Red Rocks and the entire week, St. Louis, 
and Minneapolis. Where no, Minnesota. Where were we? I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. Actually got into a spinal tap mode out there of like, where are we? I don't even know where. It's so weird. Like, unless I'm looking at a map of the United States, I just don't even know where the fuck states are because you just get on a plane and then you they open the door and you're somewhere else, total time machine shit. And then you get in a car and you go to the venue and then you leave. You're like, I don't even know where we're at. I do not know where we're at. So I, uh, I had a, an incredible time. I will never, ever forget Red Rocks, ever. All right. What else is happening? I guess uh, I, oh, I'll be at the comedy store a few nights this week. And just bouncing around, trying to get funny, trying to get this material going. I'll be headlining back out at uh, Des Moines, Iowa. All the tour dates, DeanDelRay.com, like I said. And the merch is restocked. I got the Dark Fonzie shirts and the Dean Del Rey shirts. There's some Gertie shirts and hoodies. All of it's on the website. Okay. Okay, eh? Okay, let's give a shout out to the uh, new Patreoners, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking out of my mind. I don't know. I just want to lay around today. Holy shit. New Patreoners, Dustin Havinga, James Simon, Eric Stowell, Jay Vinitiski, Magnus, Sue Foley. I love you, Sue Foley. She bumped up her pledge. So great. Oh, my God. Anyway. Those are some of the new Patreoners. I do a Zoom fest every week. You can join me on Zoom. Last night, hanging out with uh, all the Patreoners on Zoom. It was great. Just having a good old time. Talking some music. Talking some comedy. Talking some movies. Woo! Can't wait for the new James Bond. Gotta see that. Gotta see that. I gotta see Uncle Joey in the Sopranos film. I'll probably watch that tonight. I got a goddamn book I gotta read here. Um, I gotta finish the Nikki Six book. Because I'm going to be doing his live signing next week and what else am i doing oh we got some great guests coming up too uh in the next few weeks tommy shaw is going to be here on let there be talk and uh the author of in the weeds is going to be here tom wrote a great book about uh working with uh anthony bourdain and i can't wait to uh talk to him all kinds of stuff anyway candles are definitely lit candles are lit uh <laughs> try to do Bill Murray Kattashank. I don't know. Candles are lit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it. Irene, too. Hi, I'm Irene, too. Uh, and I'm so happy to be here. Good to have you. Good to have you. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. We're just talking teas. We're is- talking teas because yep. I, I just grabbed a matcha latte from the coffee shop that I met you at. Yeah, hilarious. We're wearing masks. You got a punchline shirt, a hoodie on. Hoodie on, yeah. And I said, I got a mask on. I go, ah, punchline. I work there. And you're like, oh, cool. And then. And I didn't know what to say because I didn't know if you meant, because I didn't recognize you. Right, we both have masks on. And you were just, you were like, oh, I work there. I'm like, Okay, cool. Because I didn't know if that meant you worked like in the kitchen, right? Or if you were a server, or if you were a comic, yeah, or a booker back in the day. I had no idea. I figured you fucking knew who I was. I really <laughs> just was so thrown off because I was with my other friend who's a comedian, yeah, 
And he didn't recognize you right off the bat, so we were just like... Yeah, we got masks on. It's hilarious. He's a guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good time to be fam. I'm not famous, you know, but uh, if you were... You just got a mask on. You could just shop right in like Trader Joe's. hundred percent. I mean, even if you're famous, you just put on a hat, a mask. Yeah. You look like everybody else. Yeah. I think even when COVID's gone, famous people should still wear masks, (laughs) you know, because then you won't even know who it is. And you're just like, that freak's still scared of COVID, you know? (laughs) You pussy. Meanwhile, it's just Sean Penn, Leo. Yeah, Leo. (laughs) <laughs> Leo, man, I find, I met Leo at the store, and that guy is giant tall. Really? He well, doesn't look very tall, I, like I, in movies. I know. I, I guess, I mean, I'm 5'6", so anything's giant tall to me. But he was a big dude, uh, yeah. bigger than... I had met him years ago, but uh, just in passing at a, a Yay Yes concert, and I don't remember him being like that. But at the store, I guess he just walked in. I was like, oh, whoa, this guy's big. You know? Could you tell right away it was Leo? Yeah, because we were in that VIP uh, bar area. Gotcha. And I have a tendency to, when I see someone famous, I just say, oh, hey, Leo. <laughs> or, or, or I say, Leo, you know, like, like and then he's he like, hey. not even cool about it at all. Yeah. You're like, oh, is it him? You're just like, let me just check. Leo. I, yeah. I mean, it, it just came out. Like, you know, you're just thinking like, it just in, inside you're going, oh, that's Leo. But I was like, Leo. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it was fresh off Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is a goddamn masterpiece. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, my God. I'm like five times on that film. Really? It is. It is unreal. And he murders it. And Brad Pitt murders it. They both just are doing a, a you know, like a seminar on primo acting. It's great. Yeah, they're both so good. Oh, my God. It's incredible. I was thinking about it last night. Some of the actors out, you know, there's this Christian Bale thing. Oh, he's a dick on the set. It came out. And it was like the level, the weirdness that they have to get into to be that good. I could understand. It's almost if there's people on the set being dicks, it's like hecklers in the crowd. Mm, You're just mm-hmm. kind of like, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to be the Joker over here. You yeah, know? especially if it's like a dick character. I feel oh, like... yeah, you're in it. I, I, that just comes with it. It's like they're in character the whole time, and then they just have to be like, not, like snap out of it and be nice for like two seconds and then go back into character. I can't imagine doing that. Yeah, I can't you know? either. I, I worship what some of those guys do. Christian Bale... Sean Penn, a Matt Dillon, a Leo, a Brad. These guys, uh, Javier Bardem, you know. I mean, his character in No Country for Old Men, I'm just like, what the fuck? I don't, I I wish I could do that, you know. Or like Meryl Streep in every single movie she's ever been in. Crusher, crusher, right? Yeah. How long you been doing comedy? Um, I started when I was in high school a little bit, um, and I started by doing, I took a stand-up class, uh, at the Second City, because I'm from Chicago, and then I ended up doing more improv, and then I slowly got into it, you know, because I'm like the person that dips their toe in the water for like five hours, and then gets in the pool, so I knew I wanted to do comedy, but I wasn't really sure, so I, like, over the course of, like, the first four years, I was like, I mean, I'll do it a little bit, and then... Finally, I was like, okay, I'm just going to actually do comedy now. It's funny to think about improv and sketch. 
I was talking to somebody about this last week because I was watching some classic Eddie Murphy stuff on SNL. And the, there was that great movie out a few years ago where it was like, it was basically based on the guys were getting on a SNL type of show. What was that movie? I can't remember. It's like an indie flick. It was really good. I don't remember. Yeah, it was really good. But there was this scene on it where they said, uh, our season's the best. And everybody <laughs> says that. The, the era we grew up with. Yes. Um, and then they're like, well, was it really? Or was, you know, we're just uh, attached to it. But my point is, if I think about sketch, I think about Chappelle show. Mm-hmm. I think about Keenan Peel. Some of that. Yep. Some of the living color and some of the SNL. And then other than that, I just don't laugh at any of it. Yeah. A lot of it. It doesn't make me laugh that hard. You know, like it takes a certain sketch where I will like be like crying laughing, but it's very rare for me to like laugh really hard at a sketch. Yeah. 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 It's funny because it's been going on. Look how long SNL is going on. Oh, yeah. And I think there's probably 50, and I could be wrong if I sat down and really looked, but maybe 50 classic sketches mm-hmm. out of all those years. And most of them are from the first three seasons. Yeah, yeah. And then you got the Burr one with the Sam Adams, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that kind of shit. And, and you know, uh, when Chappelle was on some stuff. Throughout the years, there's a couple here and there, but it's funny to think about how much great stand-up there is over those years. Well, the thing, too, is, like, with, like, sketch shows, they have so little time to work on the sketch and put it out. And a lot of it's, like, topical. Like, You're SNL's, right. like, every week they have to put out these sketches. So with us doing stand-up, we work on these jokes for years and years. And even by then, we're like, I mean, it's sort of done. Right. But you still try to perfect it. With the sketch, I don't think people are spending years on these sketches. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that, actually. Uh, and then you just have the genius of Chappelle where everyone was insane. Yeah, You're yeah. like, how is this even possible? <laughs> it was like, they just come out and murder it for two seasons and yeah. they're going like, every sketch is great. Every <laughs> sketch is great. It is wild. It's so wild that, you know, Chappelle, he just, he, he talks about how, uh, furious he was anywhere he went for a while Disneyland I'm Rick James yeah, bitch yeah. and he's just like hey man I'm here with my kids you I know, know. that drive you crazy D- does that ever happen to you with the like people in the audience and jokes where they'll like yell out something he, oh for years I had this one nuts to butts and man it was like anywhere I went nuts to butts and at first, I loved it. And then after a while, I was like, fuck, I got other bits. Yeah. I felt like some band. I'm not just a one-hit bit. You yeah. know? I'm not a one-bit wonder. <laughs> yeah. One-bit wonder. That's great. It's funny, though, because later you realize, well, fuck, man. I'm not mad at that because that brought a lot of people in. And mm-hmm. people were talking about that bit. Uh, so I'm okay with it. But uh I couldn't imagine just uh, hot pockets for your whole life. Oh my God, your whole life. Yeah, yeah. It's just hot pockets. Yeah. Um, so what it did to me, and I don't know if this happens to you, because I had talked to comics at, uh, for a while when I first started. That was my big closer. And then I started thinking like, fuck, am I ever going to get a, another closer? Yeah. And then years go by and you just forget about that bit. I remember one time I was kind of bombing. 
And I just said, I'm going to just whip this one out and try to fix it. And I ate it even harder because really? I didn't give a oh, fuck you, about you the bit. You haven't done it Yeah, and forever. I didn't even know it. I was midway in. I go, I don't even know how this goes. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. So, yeah. How about you? You got the monster closer and then... Um, the closer that I do is like one of the first jokes I ever wrote. And to me, it's a little bit hacky or I think it's a little easy. So I'll still do it because it works at the end almost always. Uh, but I hate it. And then people will always be like, oh, I love that joke. And I'm like, yeah, I have so many other jokes that I love more, especially it's like every new joke you write, you love the most, right? Cause oh, like, oh yeah. I'm getting closer to what I want to talk about. Like, this is, this is me. But people are like, oh, I love that thing. And I'm like, I'm over the thing. Like, yeah. let's, let's move on to this new bit I'm working on, you know? Well, I don't like when bits start. Once they work, I'm, I'm over Oh, yeah, exactly. Once I'm they like, work, yeah. I'm like, it's done. You I'm know? Such, a, a, it. such a chaser. I just love the, the, the mining of it. it it's also wild uh, when you're, uh, how long you've been doing it? Um, so I would say I started when I was 19 and I'm 28. So like nine years. Yeah, I'm 10 and a half. You know, minus COVID, I'm 10 years yeah, in. Exactly. Yeah. And um, you think about it, you learn what's hacky too as you, as you go. At first, I thought it was about getting laughs. Yeah. I truly believed that. I thought like, oh man, I'm getting laughs. And then you realize, you know, the nuts to butts was, you know, essentially a singing bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, yeah. You know, and then I was like, oh, God, I would never do a singing bit now. Yeah. I had no idea that that singing bits are hacky. Uh, and there's so much hack. And I get it. Some people roll on that, and that's how they roll. But as I got into comedy, I was like, well, you know, Pryor wouldn't do a singing bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Eddie Murphy would, but it would be amazing. Right, right. I mean, that's different. When you're doing voices as insane as Eddie Murphy, incredible. You must do them. You have you have to use that tool in your toolbox. You must do them, Melissa Via Senor. Absolutely. Yeah, you know? but I don't do voices. Yeah. So I'm like, if I did a singing bit, it's like something's wrong with Irene. <laughs> she needs help. <laughs> I used to do voices in high school. Like, yeah. Killer. I loved to do it. I could do my metal shop teacher. I could do Bill Murray and Caddyshack. I, you know, I could do a lot of different people. The Fonz, like, you wow. know, that's how old I am. People are like, how old is this guy? The Fonz? <laughs> but I, I could do them. But now I don't even watch TV or movies, so I can't really do voices except for people around me. So that's even a better way to go, like a um, Maria Bamford, where they're really, really... Like personal and specific? It's unreal. It's unreal. I don't know how she does it. The voices that she does... Oh, they're so good. And she just goes in and out of different voices oh. for specials. I wish I could do that. Fully possessed. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Fully possessed. Yeah, you know I mean? Like straight up Sybil, that old yeah. movie, like 10 personalities. I just dig it. Yeah. I'm just like, this is so real deal. And those type of people drive us to, especially if you have to go on after someone like a Maria Bamford or say a Marin, you try to do some hokey shit. You're going to be like just exposed. You feel like shit. Yeah. You're like, oh, people know I'm not good. <laughs> yeah. They go, they go like, oh, uh, so the show's over, huh? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Is this show over? They're like, oh, they put the, the cook from the back. They, they gave him a spot. Okay. So you, you were doing some 
sketch and improv. Yeah, I was doing that uh, when I was like in high school in the first two years, two years of college. I was doing that. And then I, you know, I'm okay at improv and sketch, but it was never really my forte. I always felt like I was trying to put like a square peg in a round hole situation. Yeah. You know, um, so it, it just didn't speak to me as much as doing stand-up. So then I started doing more stand-up again. And once I moved away from doing like trying to do like observational comedy, that's when I started to love it. You know, because my hero, like growing up, like the reason that I loved doing stand up or I wanted to even get into comedy was Ellen. Right. Because um, I would watch her talk show and I thought she was super funny and she was like gay and likable and I was closeted at the time. Right. So I was like, oh, I want to do what she does, you know, where she's gay, but people don't hate her for it. And she's like on TV every day. Um, and I saw that she started by doing stand up. So that's kind of how I got into doing more stand up. And her comedy is very observational, like pretty clean. So I was trying to mimic that. Oh, but I'm not really that person. So it just didn't work. Right, know? right. We talked about that at the time that that Ellen special came out, I believe between it's either between oh two three four. It's yeah, right, right like in that. there. And I think it was an HBO special. But I remember I was out on tour at the time playing music and we'd watch it on the tour bus. And I was telling you, I was like floored how great it was. The her two HBO specials my favorite like i can watch them over and over again still makes me laugh every time super underrated so underrated people forget that she even does stand up mm -hmm. you know it's like a stephen wright you're like hey you don't know you want to see a god just go watch some stephen wright and lose your mind yeah uh go watch some bob newhart these people that you forget even do stand that did stand up that are that were insane at it so and kind good. of walked away from it i know stephen wright still tours and stuff but He's a lot of does a lot of TV writing behind the scenes, but these guys. When I was growing up, I would see people like Ellen. You know, uh, that's that's O two or whatever. I forgot even Ellen was doing comedy, and then that was kind of her, you know, special. And then she disappeared for years, and then did one a couple years ago. Yeah, she did that one recently. Right, but that one around 02, 03. It's so good. It's, it really is. It really is. So when you're watching her, you figured, oh, I'm just going to be that. That's what everybody does. Yeah, you, you pick like your favorite comic. You're like, oh, I'm going to do it like this comic does. Yeah. Right, you just copy, right? Because you don't know right. anything else. You don't yeah. know who, what the other options are. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I thought it was very funny, and I still think it's very funny. But I realized you know, my voice is not her voice. Right. Know? So I can't do the silly jokes that she does about, you know, tripping on the sidewalk and trying to run away. Yeah, it's like playing music where you're almost a cover comic. You're not doing the bits. Mm -hmm. But maybe you're... When I started, everyone was Tosh. When I was at the open mics, they oh, yeah. had a cashmere sweater on. They had their arm crossed with the mic like this and the finger out like, oh, really? Oh, really? Too soon? That kind of shit. And I was like, oh, wow. And, and I wanted to be Eddie Murphy. I was prowling the stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be on the smallest stage. I'd be going back and forth. I told you, you know, and I'm like big and huge. And, and it's funny where I'm at now. Um, You're not as big now. I don't no, think as that. No, no, no. no. I, I, I like to just turn it on and then kind of turn it off. I'm still trying to find it. Yeah. You know, um, I realize when I watch a Sebastian Maliscalco or Chris Rock work out, when they work out, they're, they're at this kind of mellow 
uhness of them that you've never even seen Chris Rock at. Yeah. He's just up there like, oh man, you know. And then when he gets it all, he turns it up. And I always thought, well, I like that Chris Rock, the working out one, or that Sebastian. You know, they do the big act outs and everything, but I like when they're like this. So then I was like, well, what am I doing? I like this. I should try to be a little bit more slow mm. and not huge, but be able to turn it on here and there. Not a Nate Bargatze where I'm just kind of mellow, but somewhere just find it. You like know? in between in the middle. Yeah, but it's hard. I get on stage. I'm excited. I get adrenaline going. And next thing you know, it's like someone put some cocaine in me. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? But I think you learn, you must watch clips. You must listen to the recordings. Oh, yeah. I was just watching a clip um, last night of a set that I thought I did, like, pretty good. Yeah. I watched it. I was like, it was not that good. Yeah. You know? And for me, I have the opposite problem where I am more chill just in real life and on stage. And I'm, like, learning how to turn it up more. Right. You know, like, give more of a performance or, like, a, you know, kind of use the whole space and yeah. stage. Yeah. Because I'm not that re- that person. Like, if I'm in a group conversation, I'm more of a listener than a active participant. I like to see what other people are doing. But when you're on stage, it's just you talking and you have to, like, give it your all. Yeah. And yeah. for me, if I overperform, that's like a person just regular performing. Was there a time once you come out, first of all, uh, at what age did you come out? Um, so, I mean, I kind of knew I was gay my whole life, right. but, um, nobody that I grew up with was gay. Like I didn't know. I grew up in like the suburbs of Chicago and everyone was, you know, like religious ish. Um, uh, yeah, I just like, even in my high school, like nobody was gay or if they were, they weren't out. We had a GSA. There were three people in it, a gay straight alliance. And uh, none of those people were gay. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, <laughs> just yeah. like three allies. Yeah. I'm like, this is terrible. Um, so that's I, interesting. I Big, Isn't like, that weird? Yeah, because uh, everyone has the gay guy or woman in the in the high school. You're like, oh, the band leader guy. Nobody. Wow. At least when I was there, nobody yeah. was gay. Yeah. Like, I think there was a male cheerleader, and he was cool and popular, but I didn't know if he was gay or not, and he never was like, I'm gay. Right. So yeah. it was just not a cool thing um, when I was growing up. But I grew up in the Bay Area, man. It's, oh, yeah, and you grew up in the Bay. Yeah, yeah it's I'm the just gay, like, gay world. You know? Yeah, I grew up in like a white picket fence. Yeah. Like, you got your kids and your dog and stuff like that. I'm glad I grew up around gay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Grew up around gay. That's like, that's some after school special shit, right? I'm glad I grew up around gay. But you know what I mean? Yeah. My uncle was gay. My cousin was gay. Uh, the streets around me were gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? The outfits I loved were gay. I love all gay stuff except dick. So I never had a problem. You yeah. know what I mean? I like great neighborhoods. I like fashion. I like, uh, you know, clean haircuts. And, right, you know, right. for a while it was metrosexual. Remember that? That is true. Yeah, it yeah. was. That was the extent to which people were comfortable. Like in my middle school and high school was there were some guys that were metrosexual. Right. But nobody was gay. God right. Forbid, you know. Um, and it was like everyone kind of wore the same outfits. You're like, it's Abercrombie and Fitch or whatever. Oh, yeah. Kind yeah. of topsiders. Douchey, you know, <laughs> cool, rich kid clothing. Oh, was. yeah. Sweater around the neck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I, yeah, I didn't come out until, um, I was in college. Uh, I think it was after my freshman year of college I came out. And did you come out because you, uh, started seeing a woman or did you come out just because you're like, fuck it, freedom? Um, no, it wasn't because of a girl. Um, I came out because, you know, you, I never felt like I'm like, I have to come out, but it did feel like I was harboring like a secret and I wasn't telling people. Right. Um, and then I ended up, uh, cutting my hair before I like came out to my mom. Um, cause I had really long straight black yeah. hair, like, you know, like the Mulan cartoon, like that was me like yeah. that long. Yeah. People called me Mulan when I was in first grade, which like might've been racist. You know, <laughs> might've been. Like, I don't know about this. Chicago racism? Yeah. No way. No way. No way. <laughs> no way. The only Asian person they know is a cartoon girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. But, um, yeah, then I, then I decided, uh, I was like, I'm just gonna come out. And I started talking about it on stage too. I like did some jokes about me being gay, like stuff that's, I think again, hackier, easy now, but well, it worked. That's what I love. That's why I was at, I don't want to hammer on your lesbian because who gives a fuck? Exactly. Know? But the reason I brought it up was I love Al, Al Magical. I think he's one of the best comedians out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, he doesn't really do stand up much anymore. But he's Hispanic, and uh, he's from the Bay, and he never talked about being Hispanic. And so that's why I brought it up. You're Asian and you're lesbian, so were you just writing that material for a while? Yeah, so again, so I first tried to just do observational comedy. Then I was like, okay, I'll talk about being gay. And I did talk a little bit about my mom and then um, like being Asian. But I only really did that, and I'm still trying to figure out how much I want to do it in my set because I think... I, because I look like this, people just have a preconceived notion before I get on stage that either they're like, who is this person trying to do stand-up? Yeah. It's and like me. Here comes the biker. It. Yeah, yeah. You know like, I mean? Let's just get it out of the way. It's like, yeah. yes, I'm gay. Yes, yeah. I'm Asian. Like, yeah, let's just yeah. talk about that. And yeah. then I can do some other jokes that I right. you know, want to talk about that you might not know that, you know about me. Right. right. I used to have a giant mustache, and I just did the bit right out of the gate to exactly. get, get rid of that. You know? Yeah, because like, what I would do on stage is I would just go up and be like, I'm a girl, and then people would be like, ah, like we get it. You yeah. look confusing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just, yeah. Like, it's just so they're comfortable, and then I'm like, okay, now I can tell some jokes. Yeah. You know? What gets you off the observational, who is it, that you see and go, oh, there's a different type of comedy I can do. Yeah, so um, so I started in Chicago again, and uh, do you know Cameron Esposito? She I like, do know yeah, Cam. So she yeah. has a lot of like really personal material. I haven't and, seen her in a long time, but yeah, yeah, yeah I used to great. see her every show I did. You know. So she was talking a lot about like her like personal experiences, like being gay and like funny stories, and I saw that and I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then I also uh, saw Beth Stelling before she moved, and I thought she was really funny. And I was like, oh, these are two really great, like, female comedians talking about themselves, like, different styles, obviously. And I was like, oh, okay, like, there's more than just, like, observational comedy or dudes, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It, it's so great to have you on because people, there's been this thing as, uh, I've been in comedy 10 years now, and that whole thing of, like, women aren't funny. Yeah. And then I, I talked about it a few weeks ago on my podcast. I grew up on funny women on TV. I Mar think Mary Tyler Moore, mm -hmm. uh, the the wife on um, God, what's on, on All in the Family, 
Laverne and Shirley. Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Which is amazing. I, it's, it's, it's hundreds of them. Mrs. Roper. You know, I'm talking about incredible funny women all the way up to now. And yeah, there's some hacky women and there's some hacky guys. And yep. the hacky guys seem to get a pass which I don't fucking know why. Yeah, that's the thing that's upsetting where it's like, you can have your personal preference. You don't have to like every comedian. I also don't like every comedian. Some comedy is not really for me. Yeah. But to just blatantly be like, yeah, women aren't funny, I think is so closed-minded. I, I could write down 15 right now Yeah. and just hand them to idiots and be like, hey, asshole. I think that the people are just dumb. I think so. I mean, I, I think it's definitely just like a personal issue where they're uncomfortable with women a strong talking. Woman. Yeah, with a women talking woman. about yeah. whatever they want to talk about. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's a you issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that bit about, you know, uh, the Ford versus Ferrari, you know, yeah. 67. Women didn't talk. And it gets so fucking tight. But there's a big point to that, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't allowed to talk because men were so fucking stupid <laughs> and insecure. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, if she talks, I might look like an idiot mm -hmm. like I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, and then there was that whole phase, you know, I grew up in the 80s, like Carrie Snow was crushing it on the radio all the time in the mm -hmm. mornings. She's really funny. Yeah, really funny. And, it, and they were calling them comedians. Right, with like an E and yeah. a double N. Remember that dumb shit? Some people still kind of do that too. And it's, it's like, why? Yeah, yeah, it's so dumb. So you watch those guys and then you start to write and you try to find your voice because yeah. that's kind of like me. Ian Edwards pulled me aside, said, y your shit's dumb. <laughs> you say it like that? Well, he was just like, what are, you, what are you doing up there? And I was like, what do you mean? I just killed. You know, I was in the OR. I got off. I felt all good. Fuck yeah, I'm in the hall. Yeah. I just murdered. And he's all, nah, dog. That is some shit. Yeah. And Isn't it, that crazy? It's like you can kill, but it's, it's not you. No. You know, yeah. where you're like, you could do better. There's like different kind of laughs. I was doing jokes like Bobby King of the Hill, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, Winnie the Pooh not wearing pants, singing nuts to butts. And I look at it and it's almost like you're a drug addict. You're addicted to these laughs now. You're getting a little bit of heat, but the wrong heat. Mm -hmm. You're getting heat from the audience, but not the comics. And then you realize... Oh, I got to start over. Yeah. And when you start over, I started over and I bombed for a year. I had nothing. I had nothing. And then I slowly started to kind of figure it out. And I still am trying to figure it out. And, uh, you know, this year off has been brutal because I was feeling like I was really starting to figure it out. But I'm, I'm down for the challenge of, you know, figuring it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to do an album and then put out all my old stuff. Right. But now I'm like, oh, I hate my old stuff because mm -hmm. I'm trying to do different kind of jokes. So I'm just struggling where I'm like, okay, I got to work on this, you know, 35 minutes um, to just put it out, you know, just to have it out there. So I'm done and then work on my next, you know, half hour, hour of material. And I don't know what to do, you know, because I'm like, that's not me anymore. But I want to put it out there so people can listen to it if they want. Yeah, I, I decided not to. Yeah, I recorded two records 
And I shelved them both. And Marilyn wow. was like, what? You fucking shelve them both? What are you doing, man? Get it out there. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know I do comedy. Because I didn't put out four million fucking clips. But, you know, I'm looking at guys like Dave Attell that didn't put out anything for 15 years. Now, it's a different world now. Now I'm starting to put out clips. Right. And I don't care because I'm not getting a Netflix special. Uh, I'm a 55-year-old white guy. <laughs> and uh, I'm not getting an HBO or Showtime. So, fuck it. Let's build it. And yeah. I'll write it. And I'll put it out. And I'll keep writing and uh, it's better than putting out my old stuff because I just, ooh, man, I can. It's only two years old. I can listen to that, and I'm like, nah, this is. I can just be better. I mean, I got a music record out that I worked on for three years, and I listen to it now, and there's no cringe moments. Mm-hmm. I can listen to the record and go, fucking, man, this is a good record for me. Mm-hmm. I did my best, and I think those were like my learning, and I'm still learning, but uh, I don't want them out there. Yeah. Now. Yeah, it's a struggle because I'm like, I know I will never be satisfied with maybe any of my jokes. Yeah. I mean, maybe one day I'll be like, okay, I'm, right. I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm brilliant. Nobody yeah. is better than me. Yeah. But I think just doing comedy, you're never satisfied with their jokes. Like, that's why we keep doing it. We're like, oh, I can get better. Like, I'm trying to get to the truth. Um. So for me, this is my way of just being like, you know what? This was funny at the time. Let's just... Put it out there so people I know I even do stand up. Right. What about this though? And this is my new thought. How about shooting your best clip right now, mm-hmm. your best one that you love, and just putting it out? Fuck it. And then when people find that, they find you for the right type of material. Right. So I am trying to like put together like a late night set where it's like this right. is my best. Yeah, that's what minutes. I did. I yeah. did the Conan. Yeah, watch your Conan. Yeah, and so I, funny. And I still love it. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it was, it was, I felt it was good for me. I thought, you know, this was uh, a great thread all the way through. It had a uh, yes. kind of a theme, and I, I feel good with it. But uh, now I'm just going to try to shoot stuff and put out, pre- like, a, especially any great covid material right now fuck that put it out right now you gotta, yeah you got it doing this do in a couple months you know nobody's co- gonna want it in comedian a couple months. seven in the or bring here's more covid <laughs> you know you guys heard about these masks yeah you're right right but oh someone cough over there is that covid <laughs> oh my god covid's gonna be the new 9-11 it's oh gonna god. be the new trump it's like all those, I never did a 9-11 joke ever because I, I found zero funny in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the only thing I wouldn't touch. Uh, it just meant that to me. But I would be around and be like, nine comics in a row, 9-11. Oh and I was like, God. wow. You know? and, then, and then all the Trump stuff, it, it, that, that was crazy too because it was just like, oh God, again? You know, I know for like four years. You're like, all yeah. right, we get it. And then I, everyone does their own impression of Trump. It's like, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. And I just shit on the hat. Yeah. Ugly hat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you get to L.A.? Because I always love a person like comedy is fucking hard. I was talking about it. Some dick. I. Some dig, I just did a podcast with Willie Nelson's granddaughter, and I said, music is hard, but comedy is way fucking harder. And then he tweeted, not if you're good. It's like, asshole. Wow. Even the best. 
it's hard. Yeah. There's like two guys that are probably just always funny, and that would be like Chappelle and you know probably Patrice mm-hmm. and, and you know and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Even I just listened to his Marin interview, and I was like, God, this guy's just fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But everybody else, it's constantly battling, you know. But what I'm trying to get to is. Not only is it hard, but to move to this fucking city at this at the price it costs and the lunatics and the battle to get stage time, it is almost impossible. So how do you do it? Um, so I started in Chicago when I was in college. Then I transferred to UC Berkeley. Did you start in Chicago? I mean, yes, I started, quote-unquote, <laughs> right, yeah. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> I, 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 I would go out once a week. I'm fucking Chicago. with you. Yeah. I'm fucking with you. At the coffee shop, because I was like, not, I wasn't 21, so I couldn't yeah. even go to any of the bar open mics. So yeah. it was like the music comedy open mic with someone with a guitar, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here's some funny cool. songs I The wrote. mixed open mics. Yeah. Brutal, yes. Yeah. So then, then I moved to the Bay. Oh, you moved to the Bay. That's yeah, right. So that, that's how I started um, really doing more stand-up. What made you go there? Um, so I went to UC Berkeley. Oh, rad. So then I lived there for two years. Smarty pants. You know, I was trying to go to Stanford, and they did not want me. Wow. So that was the closest I could get. And what were you going to school for? Um, I ended up graduating in Asian American and Asian Diaspora Studies, which is basically ethnic studies, which is basically me just studying about how everything is racist in yeah. America. And where do you use that? Uh, you know, just in everyday uh, life <laughs> <Yeah. and> conversation. <laughs> but what kind of job do you get with it? Yeah, that? but normally people ask me that, and uh, a lot of people go into, like, academia. Right, I gotcha. Yeah, and I didn't want to be a professor, and I didn't want to go to grad school or do anything like that. So uh, I did comedy. And, you know, I would have picked, like, some major or, you know, done something else with my career if I had loved it when I was in college. I took so many different classes. Like, I was an econ major for, like, two seconds. Hated that. Um, I, like, took, like, a pre-med class. Uh, I was a gender studies major for, like, two seconds also. Um, so I just ended up graduating when I took the most classes in. But... Uh, I just liked doing comedy the most. You know, I spent most of my time doing that. By the time I was a senior, I barely was, like, going to class. You know what I mean? Like, I was checked out. Yeah. Where were you going on Punchline? I started going to, like, the the local, like, mics and shows, like, all the independent shows. Um, And then you you have to hang out at the Punchline on Sundays. Right. That's, like, the open mic slash showcase. It's a great thing, though. It's great. It's like comedy works in Denver. Yeah. They're working a system. Then you start to host for big shows. Exactly. So that's my home club is the punchline. But it's hard when you like first start hanging out on Sundays because if you're a new comic, you don't really know everybody yet. Oh, I didn't it's know fucking anyone. I walked so on the store patio yeah. and they were like, what's this that's fucking... That's how I feel when I go to the store. I'm like, I still know comics there, but I'm yeah. like, it's very intimidating. Oh, fuck. It's Try so 44 yeah. walking on. They're like, uh, can we help you? Saddle Ranch is up the street. <laughs> I'm like, Saddle Ranch? I'm too old for Saddle Ranch. I'm here to do comedy like the other old guys, like Marin and Burr. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's so fucking weird because you do not know what you're doing. And no. some of the open micers seem incredible. Totally. I remember there was this guy. I thought he was a pro comic. 
He had bits that were slaying me. I was in the back like, oh my God, who's who's this guy? I never seen him on TV. I thought yeah. for sure this guy, uh, I don't know, he's an open micer. I'm like, oh, I'm sunk. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, this fucking, there was guys that were good and then they would be in their little corners talking after and you'd be like, hey, and they'd be like, ugh. It was total high school. Yeah. It's so high it's school. It's so clicky. Yeah. It's even now, like, you know, living in LA, every, there's like a click. Thing oh, are you kidding me, time. man? I used to go to fucking uh, Meltdown, and they would be like, what are you doing here? Like, you're a store comic. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, they looked look down on me, you know, like, it not, the, not the real dudes, right, but right. the fucking wannabes. I always think it's weird that there's this, like, club versus alt comedy divide. Terrible. Terrible. It's so stupid. You should be able to do all of them. I agree. Yeah. And if you can't get the fuck out, because look at alt comedy is kind of gone right now. And then you got to find yourself. I always wanted to be able to do an urban room, uh, a hacky fucking dumb club, uh, and then shine, you know, 12 shiny nickels, mm -hmm. and then uh, meltdown, fish tacos, the store, anywhere where you could get them. Yeah. I mean, I get it, like, if you connect with a certain audience maybe more easily or right. better than, like, some other audience just because, you know, your style of comedy or the way you look or whatever. But still, it's like you have to be able to do every room There's if not, you want to be good. Your easy audience isn't going to be in Buffalo. Right. And when you get there, you're like, wait a minute, this Star Wars joke kills yeah. <laughs> at 12 shiny nickels. You guys suck. And they're like, hey, man, we had fucking... You know, Sarah Silverman in here last week murdering. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it might, it might be you. Yeah, might be you. You might not be good enough. Your yet. safety net is not here. Yep. And you know, I love the challenge. I mean, yeah, I'd go into meltdown and it was ner it made me nervous because some of my stuff wasn't dirty, but compared to in an alt room, you were like, holy shit, you felt like a blue comic from the old days, you know? Yep. Um, but I find that if you have good jokes, they're going to just work anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then the comfort of that is great. You know, it's like, oh, I've seen this. Truckers, you know? <laughs> yeah. Here they are, truckers, like, looking at you. And then you go to another place, and it's uh, old people. You're like, oh, I got nothing for these guys. But old people laugh at crazy shit, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you were you getting into the alt shows? Yeah, so I I think I started doing more alt shows in the beginning just because that was like where I could get in more easily, and there's just a lot more indie shows, especially like in the Bay. Like you don't start really working the club until you've got like a solid, you know, fifteen twenty. Of course. So all the shows up there were indie shows run by other comics, um, and I'm kind of at the point where I'm like. Usually I can do pretty good in an alt room. And for me, it's like easier for me the way I look. The jokes I tell, they're on board immediately. And then trying to do more club work, I'm like, oh, I got to tighten all my jokes and really perform them, you know, like punch yeah. it up. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been doing now is just like, oh, I got to like write down these jokes and punch them up. Because sometimes if I'll do an indie show, I can get away with extra filler words yeah in yeah my and set. you get lazy you get lazy and yeah. then and then i'm watching the tapes back and i'm like oh I, this is me being lazy yep like i know this joke works but if i just cut out the fat it would work even better yeah yeah i mean we, oh, that's all we're doing is trying to learn yeah you know there's nights where i just feel terrible i mean right now i feel amazing about my material and it gets 
a quarter of the laughs of the old shit, mm-hmm. but I feel better about myself. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm getting there. I'll figure it out. You know, I guess just got to find the punchlines. Yes. You know, you got these great premises. You're like, I'm going to go up there with a premise and just, the premise is getting laughs. Now what? Yeah. And then the rest of the joke, it just peters yeah. out. Yeah. You're like, and then, uh, anyway. <laughs> you're like, and uh, next joke. Uh, yeah. What else do I got? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and so from the Bay, you make the jump here. I moved here about two years ago, a little bit over two years ago. I and mean, how do you a do year it? of it has been inside. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, and then I, I moved down, originally lived with uh, three other comedians. Um, that was the first apartment I was in. Where were you guys? Uh, East Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Great. Near Squirrel. Near Squirrel? Yeah. Fuck, I love the word squirrel. Yeah. I think squirrel is one of the greatest thing. You know, it's like, what a squirrel. Yeah, yeah. You know, just people that are just fucking nutty. You know, that guy's a squirrel. Where's squirrel at? It's in East Hollywood. I, you've never been? No. Oh, is it a club? No, it's a it's a place to eat. It's a brunch spot. Oh, where it's is it? It's a very it? L.A. brunch spot. And that's just the best way I can describe it. I also lived kind of near the Virgil, like in that area. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Virgil's great room. So great. Oh, man. So good. I mean, that is a dream club yep that should have just been straight up only a comedy club i think so too yeah they totally could have done that god yeah so that's a that's a great area i mean east hollywood's fantastic and you know i also think that the alt comedy la is really good i think so too yeah there's some people that are just crushers uh pete holmes was a killer when he was doing it for a while there before he got into his tv mode yeah, I think I saw him at UCB Franklin or Sunset, yeah. uh, like right before the pandemic, maybe. And he did a like, I don't know, five, ten minutes. I was like dying. Laughing. Yeah. Did you ever go to Meltdown? Or it was um, gone, huh? I didn't go to Meltdown because I think I was still living in the Bay at the time right. when the show was running. But I did go to that space uh, and perform, I think, right before it closed. Yeah. 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 It was what a what a magic it was great. Yeah, I think the one show I did there, I was like, this spot is awesome. It was crazy. No drinks, no check drops, no drink orders, just pure comedy fans. Yeah, just was, comedy fans in like this underground basement looking thing. What was great about Meltdown was other cities would mimic it. So then you didn't have to do the old fucking corporate club with the, you know, papered rooms and two drink minimums and right. bachelorette parties. You know, I, I did a, a, a sort of meltdown in Pittsburgh. It was like two nights. I think it was called Acme. Okay. Um, I could be wrong, but man, fantastic. These people started building their own type of... Uh, of uh, meltdowns around America. So it was kind of like a comedy club, but it wasn't like a traditional comedy club. Yeah, they're like black boxes. Which I think are great. I've I think done a bunch the of black box theaters. So fun. I love them, man. Uh, and then that, what's the movie theater over here? Marin and I do it. Uh, the one that, it's the, uh, it's a theater. God, I forget the uh, typewriter. Dynasty oh, typewriter. Dynasty. Dynasty's awesome. Oh, 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 amazing. You know what I mean? I love that kind of shit where when you're done with a show, you can talk books or music or film or architecture or, you know, it's not like, dude, nuts to (laughs) grab you and get you in a headlock. You're like, my neck. (laughs) That's the 
thing too is like I feel like audience members always think that comedians want to hang out and talk to them afterwards. I almost never do. Well, they don't understand. And, you know, they're like, oh, you fucking Hollywood big shot, uh, Mr. Famous. And it's it's like, not personal. No, dude, I just talked for two hours. Exactly. I flew 3,000 miles. I'm in a strange place, and I don't drink. I don't drink either. Right. So it's like, what and are we going to do? You're blasting me with your booze breath right now, and you got me in a headlock, and I had neck surgery. Zero fun here. And then to go talk in a bar loud and lose my voice yeah man so the first time i saw nine inch nails it was like i love music but i don't want to talk about it 24 7 i love comedy just as much so i'd rather talk to the person i'm working with and go god damn that joke didn't fucking work as we drowned ourselves in grilled cheese sandwiches yeah, that's the fun hang for me is like in the green room the with best. other comics. Yeah. You talk about you you killed, you bombed, whatever you want. Yeah, it's it's tough. It really is tough because you want to talk to the fans and of be course. cool. I love my fans. Uh, I, I, I consider them just friends. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to constantly build a cool world out there that come to see me. And I do remind them a lot on the podcast of like, look, this ain't a rock show. You don't scream out stuff, you know, don't raise hers, you know? So I really, that's another reason I kind of trying to dial it back a little bit. And uh, I used to do an intro song, ACDC, no more of that. You walk on there like, fuck yeah, back in black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your intro song now? Now I just do uh, Grateful Dead, anything dead, mellow, you know? Trucking, something just dumb and mellow, you know, like... Not dumb, but something that's not fucking crazy. Yeah, you don't want people to start yelling out at the top of your set. No, no. At the end's fine, but yeah. You got an intro song? You know, I don't, and I need to get one, because I will get asked sometimes at like clubs, they're like, oh, what do you want for your intro song? And I'm like, I don't care. No, don't do that. I know. Yeah. I know. They hate that. Uh, I feel bad about it, but I just don't have one. Are you a music person? I, I will be honest. I like top 40. That's fine, though. And Third Eye Blind is my favorite band. Did you see this? What? Third Eye Blind. Third Eye Blind? Yes. Whoa. This has got to be a first in the 10 years of doing the podcast. How does this happen? How does this happen is um, I had a crush on a girl Uh when I was in, I want to say, sixth grade, I think. Um, I didn't know it at the time because I didn't know any gay people. I don't know what being gay is. Right. I just like really thought this girl was super cool and she was, she still is. Um, and I was like, oh, I want to be like friends with her. And, uh, I, I didn't grow up with any cool music. Like I only listened to classical music because my mom doesn't like listen to the radio or anything. Right. Um, so I don't know anything about music. At some point, she loves Third Eye Blind, and I'm like, oh, okay, Third Eye Blind, and I get into it. Now, it's my favorite band. Wow. Wow, still. I mean, still. that's like 90s. I know. I, I'm i really bad at like memorizing uh, lyrics, Yeah. but if the song's playing, I can like you know sing along with it, but if you asked me to just sing the song, I wouldn't know any words to any songs, but if you play it, I know them all. Yeah. I was doing a record in San Francisco in a studio that Third Eye Blind was doing uh, a record at the same time. And he was dating a big movie star. Uh, what's her name? Was it Charlize Theron? Yes. Yeah. He did date Charlize Theron. And so 
this is so fucking funny that you bring this up because it just the story just hits me out of nowhere but each day we'd come into the studio and he would have like a thousand dollars in sushi in the green room what just i mean fucking uh, and, and he'd go help yourself guys and we'd be like wow sushi you know and she was there and and I played harmonica, so they asked me to play harmonica on this Clash cover, Train of Vain, they were doing at the time. So there was about a month that I was around Third Eye Blind every day, and Stephen Jenkins, and I, I knew the bass player. And it was just a weird time in, in my life. Like, That's this, so this guy's dating, like, one of the most beautiful women on the oh, planet yeah. and one of the greatest actresses ever. And I'm like how did he get her? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like she, she seems so smart to me. Like she should be dating. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not nagging him, but like this woman is like, she's smart. Yeah. Yeah. And she's incredible. I'm not knocking him, but I'm just saying it just seemed like a really strange, uh, couple. And we're going to have to look into this later and see how they met. I am also interested. Yeah. I forgot that he dated Shirley's throne. Yeah, man. And it might have even been around the Monster era, which is uh, that film Monster. I, don't, I never saw it. <sighs> oh, my God. It is. I mean, uh, I think I was a child. You should watch that, though. It, uh, it's some of the best acting ever Who, done. Who's in this movie? It's her. Hold oh, on. Oh, she's in this movie. Oh, yeah. She's the star. Hold on. That's what I'm saying. I think she got an Academy Award. Hold on. It, here it is. 2003. So that might have been. Yeah, I was um, nine? Yeah. No, I was 11. Well, let me just tell you something. Do yourself a favor and watch that in the next few days. Okay. I will, I will, I will watch it. It is flooring. But anyway, Third Eye Blind, did you ever go see him live? Oh, did I ever? Oh. I've been going to see them live. Wow. I think um, not this past year, the year before. I think I saw them like four or five times in a year. Wow. You're like a, you're like a, uh, I'm like a groupie and I had, yeah, <laughs> is that what they call the, the third eye blind? Groupie? I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, like a deadhead. You're, yeah. you're an eye head. <laughs> it doesn't sound so good. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Wow, man. And then nobody else. Though. So it's like you just picked one and then that's your band. Uh, and I also love Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's some serious, uh, songwriting there. Oh, yeah. she's incredible. Yeah. Just nuts. And, and a billionaire. She's, she's a genius. Yeah. Um, she writes and performs all of her own music. Yep. Um, one of the smartest businesswomen, I think, oh, in music. Oh, come on. Just her, her real estate portfolio is a goddamn knockout. Yeah. It's nuts. She, she's terrible at picking men, but then it gives her hits, so I get it. It's a, it's a thing. She, it's almost her Samson, don't cut my hair. I got to date shit men. I need a new album. <laughs> yeah. I need a new album. Can you imagine she got a good man? She'd be like, you're out of here. Well, she's been dating uh, the guy she's dating now for like three years, I think. Oh, wow. So I think maybe finally wow. figured it figured And it who's out. that? Do you know? Joe Alwyn. What's he's, he do? He's an actor. Yeah. Um, he was in, um, I can't remember. He was in a movie that I saw recently and I'm blanking on the name of it. Yeah, all good. But yeah, he's an actor. Wow. Third Eye Blind. And uh, I dig it. I dig it's. Uh, I love when people have completely because that's not cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, people come on and they, you know, they 
Hey, yeah, I'm really way into Nick Cave. And I go, oh, really? What era? Uh, all of them. All of the eras. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, no. I'm not, my music taste, not cool at all. Yeah, but I, I love Never that you talk cool. about it. Yeah. It's almost you're wearing that shirt and people would think it was ironic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's a funny shirt. I know, right? Deep down inside, you're like, oh, I love them. No, I, I know. I, I own several Third Eye Blind shirts. Wow. I've been to almost all of Taylor Swift's concerts and I'm wow. very vocal about it too. They're like, who's your favorite band? I'm like, these two artists, seen them a bunch. I also like Tegan and Sarah. They're great. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen them a couple times. But like top two, Third Eye Blind, Taylor Swift. Sorry. Well, Not sorry. Third Eye Blind, super poppy type of songwriting. Yes, yes. So I get it. You like top 40. I like the poppy kind of. And that's an art. That is an art of people that know how to write these songs with massive hooks is unreal because I wrote songs for years and you're always chasing like comedy the big closer, you're always chasing the big hook. Mm -hmm. If you get the big hook, you've got them. You've yeah. got a song there. So, so what you're saying is I, they keep getting me. Yeah. Well, you know, top 40 is going to be around forever because it grabs you. It's almost like a weird uh, drug where mm. all of a sudden you're just high for three minutes on something and, and then it kind of goes away later, but it is something that grabs you and grabs you and grabs. That's why top 40 is still around. Yeah. And I love it because it, I do feel like, cause I'm so mellow. Like if I play top 40, I get hyped, yeah. you know, I'm like, Oh, like let's go do some stuff. And I'd love to listen to one song on repeat, like the whole day. Like that's my version of white noise. Oh yeah. So if I'm trying to write or work, I'll just play like one Taylor Swift song the whole day. Wow. I'm sure my neighbor hates me. Yeah. I, well, if I like a song, like recently in the last couple of years, I fell in love with this John Mayer record, Born and Raised. Okay. And there's a song on there, uh, if, if I ever get around to living, I probably listened to that for three days straight. Yeah. It was crazy. But that shit can inspire you. It can inspire you to write. It can inspire you in life of like, God, this is some good, good fucking art. Some people think top 40 is not art, but there is an art to it. I grew up on a different top 40 because I'm old as fuck. So Michael Jackson, the Jackson 5, you know, that kind of shit. That was the top 40? Oh, man. You know, all, all that um, stuff. Of like Shadow Dancing by Bear, uh, Andy Gibb. Shadow Dancing. Just those kind of songs that come on and you just fall in love with it. You're just like, God, these are great tunes. Uh, finally wrote songs. Yeah. You know? And there's, God, there's teams out there that know how to do it. I was reading like a book where they talk about how they get people into songs. Like there was some outcast song. You know that Hey Ya Outcast song? Oh yeah, song? I love it. So they tried to like put on the radio and they were like, oh, this is going to be a hit. People weren't buying into it. And then they like started sandwiching it in between like other like huge hits. Right. And that's when it started blowing up. Wow. So there's like a whole back end to like making a top 40 hit. You got to have somebody that has that power mm -hmm. of like, we want this song in the middle. And they're like, well, no one's liking it. And they're like, well, They're just like, no, put, no, no, trust me. Yeah, put, put it in, in between these two. 
That's almost like when you have the kind of mediocre bit and you squeeze it, or not mediocre, new bit. New bit. And you squeeze it not in mediocre, between. Not mediocre, new bit, yeah. 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 You're like, let me put it in between two solid bits. Right. Yeah. And then you get the, you get the uh, courage to do it. So you do the strong bit, and then you go, all right, here comes the new bit. Medium laughs back into the strong bit again, and then that's how you start to build a bit in the middle of your good stuff. Exactly, because you can't start out with a new bit. You lose the audience immediately. You'll never get them back. Yeah, yeah. I always do it, though. I'm like, fuck this. Right up top? I'm going to do this new. Let's see. I mean, I've done it sometimes, but it doesn't work as well for the set overall. But for me, I'm like, let's just see if I can pull it off. Yeah. So where are you living now? You you moved out of there and you got your own place or what? Yeah, I uh, got my own place in Burbank. Yeah. So. Are you working a job or? No, just comedy stuff. That's so. great. You know, I, I do a lot of like uh, corporates or colleges. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Through that, uh, what's that program called? Uh, ACTCA or, or DACA? NACA. Did, yeah, NACA. Did you do that? I did do it a, a few years ago. Now um, I just get them sent to me for my agent sometimes. So I yeah. don't do as many. Um, but you got an agent. What's that like? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never had an agent or. A well, my manager. college agent just sends me colleges. Oh yeah, that's great. Sometimes it's just like uh, if someone's like seen me before, you know. Yeah. They have a roster, so sometimes they'll just pitch me as like an option for whatever yeah. comedy annual comedy show they do. Um, but now everything's virtual, so I'm doing a lot of these like corporate and uh, college gigs on Zoom. Whoa, really? Yeah. So what you're set up in your house with a backdrop? Yeah, so I put up like a, a green screen. It's blue, so yeah. it's like a blue screen. Uh, behind me, I'll set up my table. Sometimes I don't even put up the backdrop because my desk is in my bedroom. So it's just like my bed behind me. Right. But if I wanted to make it look fancy, I'll put up like a backdrop. Uh, and then I have a, like a Zoom recorder and a mic set up through my uh, laptop so the audio sounds better. I'll put headphones in so there's no echo. Yeah. And do the set to uh, little squares on my computer. Man, I did two of those, but they were primo. I refused to do Zoom shows throughout the whole. To me, I was just kind of like, you know, I need money and I need to work, but this isn't the job I wanted to do. Totally. But I did do two, one with uh, Burr in these, and then one over in uh, Burbank or Sun Valley or whatever in this warehouse that was a 360 uh, Zoom studio, like two stories high and round, and the people are there, and the volume and everything. That's and it, incredible. Oh man, it's a rush. You're like, it's it's like you know, Terror Dome or something. You know, yeah, Tina yeah, yeah. Turner. You're in there, like all right, and there's people there, and and there's and then different screens of people because there's like 500 people. Oh my god. So it's not just like six people there. They'll, they'll throw up new. You know, because there's so many pages on the Zoom. They, so they're doing it in the back end. Yeah, they're, they're doing like it in the back end. people to put up on the yeah, screen. Yeah, so if you got like a, a screen of duds, you just, you know, cue them like that, you know, with your arm up and, ooh, new, new crowd. You know what I mean? Like, uh, But do you get like the, the lag from the laughs? Uh, they have some massive uh, streaming servers, like Speed. And it, the lag really comes from what the other people have. But what I do on that, and it's taught me, this has also got me to go slower, is just lay in it. Yeah. Just lay in it. Uh, so tell the jokes and then just sit there for 20 seconds, then tell the next joke. All of a sudden, you got an hour set in 20 <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? Like, You're like this set used to be 20 minutes, but now yeah. it's an hour. Yeah, because you just lay in it. And uh, so I did two of those. 
and um, I did a lot of shit, you know, behind. I did comedy in a plexiglass case. How like was that? A, that was horrible. Uh, I did it at the store behind the glass window. Oh, I did. I did a set behind the the window at the store. Yeah, and that was that also kind of weird. That was not not weird. It was terrible. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of bad. <laughs> yeah, because the people are just out there. It's almost like you hijacked it. You know, they're having drinks, looking at the Laker game. <laughs> yeah, and then it's just you behind this glass. Yeah, that was that was tough. I did do a, a one show in the store parking lot, and it was fantastic. The parking lot shows are good. They're they, great. They need to do more of these parking lot shows. I love the parking lot shows. Uh, and then Jam in the Van has been my favorite. Okay, I went to hang out at one of those. Yeah, and that yeah. was cool. Yeah. That stuff's good. And then Jimmy Shin has a fantastic show in Los Feliz. Oh, you were telling me about that. It's great. So, wow, that's cool that you you're you're making a living doing comedy, man. Mm-hmm. That is I mean, we are some of the few out of the thousands that moved here to try to do it. And once you start doing it, like are your parents proud of you? What's going on there? Um I don't really talk to my dad, right. so I don't know whether or not he's proud. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah we got some stuff in common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's part of your uh, inner uh, road to comedy. Yeah. <laughs> don't get it wrong with dad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we're fine. I just don't yeah. talk to him. Yeah, but gotcha. um, my mom, I don't know if she's like proud or not. I'm never really sure. I mean, she's always proud of me as a person. I I don't know if she really understands. She doesn't understand comedy or entertainment in general. I think nobody in my family has ever done it. Um, right. So it's very confusing that I'm doing comedy. Especially uh, from an Asian background. Yes. It's, uh, it's Especially pretty in my traditional. Family. Yeah, like everyone in my family uh, went to med school, yeah. whether or not they ended up becoming doctors, but they all like went to med school. So right. I was sort of expected to go to med school or they thought I was going to go to more school and I just chose not to. Uh, my grandpa is like a semi-famous scientist in China. Wow. And then here I am telling these little jokes on stage. Yeah. So yeah. they're like, hey, we support you. We just don't get it and we cannot help you in any way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing what's going on with uh, the racism really heavy right now. Oh, it's so bad right now. It's too. so bad. And these fucking people, so you have two things these idiots don't like. Oh, G- yeah, yeah. Gay, lesbian, well, and three, Asian. Or, or like a girl if they see me as a girl. Yeah. Right, right. So <laughs> it, it's, it's so fucking, people are monsters, man. People are monsters. It's just insane because they're, it's literally people just beating up old like Chinese, like grandmas and grandpas. It's, uh, it's like just, for no reason. What I mean, what are you? First of all, you should be eliminated off the planet. It's just like if you do a crime like that, they're like, nah, there's no fixing you. Yeah, the, the, I, I just don't know what goes in your head to be like, yeah, let me go beat up this 80 year old old man who's just walking down the street. Yeah, and that fucking, you know, mentality of like, you know, the, the COVID came from China. Yeah, well, it's, it's not from that guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and nobody knows where the fuck this came exactly. from. You know, and, and you're just an idiot. It's like, I, I, I'm a white man, and I'm always blown away how dumb white men are. When I'm traveling around, I'm like, wow, man. I keep saying this. I think people should have to go live in different neighborhoods in like the 10th grade for a year. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like your military. You know, like in like Brazil or whatever, you got to be in the military for two years. It should be America. You need to, okay, let's see here. You're white. You live in Compton for two years. Mm-hmm. And then you have to live in like Chinatown for, or whatever. Some kind of, get it, get it in people to learn, you know? It's, it's fucking nuts, man. You yeah. know? It's, it's horrific, actually. It is shocking that um, some people have like never hung out with uh, people of different races. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And and yet they'll watch football, they'll watch basketball. Yeah, or you know, they'll go eat out at like a Chinese restaurant. Unreal, unreal. You know, just like selective racism. Like I'm cool with watching it on TV, but no one around me. Yeah, you know, it's like God damn, you fucking suck. It's it's. I hope that we can get somewhere. I mean, you know, it's just disturbing to me, the, the hate. Uh, I mean, I hate mostly stupid people. Oh, no, me too. Yeah. yeah. And myself sometimes. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird world. What do, you, um, what do you have coming up? You got some shows? You've been out touring with Taylor Tomlinson? Yeah, I did some shows with Taylor Tomlinson. Um, hopefully, there'll be more touring stuff starting the fall. I've been talking to my manager about that. Yeah, uh, I'm going right to put you on some the... shows with me. Yes, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to do that. Did you get COVID? No, have not gotten COVID this entire time. Knock wow. on wood. Yeah, yeah. I got it, so I'm good. Yeah. I know you told me you yeah. got it. It's like yeah. get it early, man. Get it out of the way. <laughs> no, I'm glad I didn't get it because uh, it seemed brutal. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Brutal. I'm just saying, at least, uh, you know, I didn't have the fear for ten months of like once you get it, you're like, all right, I made it. Now I can just walk around the neighborhood and not be freaking out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just well, it's nice for me because uh, I'm uh, an introvert. I don't like people touching me in general. Right. So this whole time I just be like. Mm-hmm. Stay over there. Yeah. Don't touch me. Yeah. Well, it was great to talk to you, and um, I, I'm excited for uh, people to hear you on the show here and do some shows with me. I'm so excited. It's yeah. going to be a great time. <clears throat> That'll be fun. And uh, what a juxtapose. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I like that, though. You know? I think that's great, though. I, I, I like to see a comedy show that's uh, not three of the same people in a row or three of the same style of comedy. That's you why know? I love the Comedy Store Original Room or the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. Because, you know, you're going to get a Sebastian and then you'll get a, a Beth Stelling and then you'll get a, you know, say, a Burr and then you'll get a Melissa Villasenor. Or we, I mean, it's just all over the board. So yeah, I, I love that, you know. Well, tell everybody where to find you. Uh, follow me on social media. I'm at uh, Irene underscore two. That's T-U on Twitter and Instagram, which I use the most. Um, or, you know, go to my website, Irene2.com. Hit me up. Right. And, uh, yeah, everybody follow her and go listen to some Taylor Swift and Third Eye Blind today. Please. Yeah. Oh, favorite. What's your favorite Third Eye Blind song? Um, Blinded. Blinded. Yeah, I think it's from Out of the Vein, the third album. Right. I like this one. Um, God, I forget. I think it was a ballad. I'm such a ballad, you know, sucker for ballads. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what it's called, though. But uh, yeah, old Stephen Jenkins. Stephen Jenkins. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Let There Be Talk. Don't forget to subscribe on my YouTube channel. 
and leave a review on uh, iTunes. So it's easy to find the podcast now. Just go to deandelray.com. See ya.